Don't assume that free speech means the right to freely hurt people's feelings. Why would you use free speech to hurt someone when we can use free speech to bring people together? This is a time for true unity. What if free speech revealed that we are more united than they'd ever dare imagine? It's time to break free. Rumble. Hey, welcome back to the show now. There's going to be a couple episodes go out today. They seem a little stale, a little old. It's because they've been in the queue for a minute. You know, so trust the plan and all that bullshit, folks. No, but seriously, I just have a couple episodes that I've been... I meant to record ongoing technical difficulties. I'm still figuring out. I finally... I found a shop to take care of my computer and get it fixed up. Uh, I think the main problem I have is... I lived in a house with a lot of animals for a minute. So I think just a lot of dust built up in it. And two computer shops I called said, actually, you know, if a lot of junk and dust built up on the inside of your computer, that can't cause it to, you know, overheating can't cause your computer to slow down. Uh, you probably need a new part or you probably need something new here. I'm like, mm. nah, I just want it sprayed out. I just want it popped open and cleaned out. It's, you know, it's old school Mac desktop. It's not like it has a bunch of screws or anything. I don't know how to pop the screen apart from this kind of frame. It's not my type of tech repair. And the uh, Genius Store actually refused to look at it. So, hopefully, things will be more streamlined very shortly here. And Vivek here has been saying a lot of really good shit lately. He wasn't originally on my radar, but I will say over the last five months, he's really made an impact. And uh, I'm growing quite fond of this guy. I still lean towards my original argument of... uh, if not, if uh, Ron DeSantis is the 2024 nominee, I am voting RFK Jr. But Vic went from one really liked space. He was liked in his uh, pharmaceutical world. He's a big popular guy there. Sells it. Now he's a popular, independent, you know, like GOP candidate for president. You know, he went from one field where he was showered with praise to a new field where he showered with, with praise. Not a lot of opposition. I'm not saying he hasn't faced opposition. Of course he has. I mean, by the age of thirty, by the age of thirty-six, he owned one of the most profitable pharmaceutical businesses, apparently. Right? Like, wow, got it, neat. But in the political landscape, he just doesn't have that chip on his shoulder. You know, RFK has had family murdered by the very establishment he's going up against. You know, that's just something you don't come away from. He's been smearing. By the way, I want to sit here and call something out. Jimmy Dore interviewing uh, RFK being like, yeah, them calling you a Nazi and writing all these hit pieces against you. It's a new form of censorship. No, it's not. It's, it's really not. I mean, you look what they did to Ross Perot. Look what they did to Ron Paul. Look what they did to Trump in 2016. They've all been called Nazis or terrorists or white supremacists. It's not a new form of censorship. I'm a little disappointed Jimmy Dore made that a big sticking point recently. That, oh, well, you know, RFK Jr. being called a Nazi is a new form of uh, attack and censorship. It's like, it's not new. Everything else, yes, but new? No, don't paint it as new. Drive on the point that these are stale tactics that somehow still work. You know, it helps people realize, like, if you tell somebody, like, hey, you know that muffin you're eating? It's a couple days old, man. The muffin I'm eating was just baked this morning. They're going to look at the muffin in their head, even though they probably taste the same. Like, hypothetically speaking, this person had no complaints with their muffin before. Now they're looking at it like, oh, oh, this is an older muffin. And you got a fresher one, huh? Hmm. The fresher muffin here 
these brand new ideas. It's a clumsy ass metaphor, but you know, I got through it bumbling and stumbling. Vivek Ramaswamy blasts Biden's corrupt feds over Trump indictment, says true cause of J6 was persuasive censorship. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And leading up to Twitter, we, we, we talked about this on the show quite a bit. One of the reasons why you got riots is because you had... the Ideally, the only rules you would have on a social media platform, right, would be nothing that exploits kids and no doxing. Because if you don't let the craziest, most extreme versions of ideas hit the sunlight, they never get bleached from this world. They never get challenged or eviscerated. Instead, when you silence the people and you bar them from modern-day public squares, which at the time when I was having this argument was Twitter. God, who was it? Was it Evan Space? No, it wasn't Evan Space. I had somebody on the show as a guest I was having had this debate with, actually, about tech censorship and why it's ultimately more harm than, than beneficial. It was like a four-hour debate, too. God, I gotta go find that. It's been a minute. It's been three years since I had that conversation. Anyway, off the point here. And what I said was, Look, the reason why you get groups like, let's say it, let's take it at face value that there's no Fed involvement in these groups, right? Hypothetically. You have Proud Boys, Antifa, you know, you have these groups that go out there. Now, why do you have these groups that go out there? It's because on all these social media platforms where they want to have the conversation, they're banned, silenced, and shunned. They're removed from the public square. Whereas back in the day, you could just go onto the crosshair yelling whatever you want. You might get arrested, you might get ticketed, you might get pushed out of the square, but... You at least had your moment in the sun. Whereas now when you can ban people on IP, shut down any email account they have, debank them, so on and so forth, you take away people's ability to talk, to scream, to yell. Oh, pardon me. And just like Martin Luther King said, and it's a true statement whether or not people like it or not, rioting is the voice of the unheard. Now, whether what they had to say is legit worth hearing or saying is not the source of the argument here. But when you take away people's ability to to speak and express, they will get violent. This is the point we've been making on this show for a very long time. And when Elon Musk took over Twitter, a lot of the public square got more open. Now, I'm not going to sit there and be like, it's a free... It's not. It's not. Bring back Alex Jones, bitch. That being said, let's get into it. It is incorrect and inaccurate to place blame for what happened on January 6th at the feet of Donald Trump. Republican presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy posted an impassioned announcement online Tuesday in defense of the former President Trump just uh, just after news broke of him being indicted by the Biden DOJ over alleged illegal attempts to overturn the 2020 presidential election. He remarked that the indictment by the Biden DOJ marks a, quote, sad moment in our country's history, as it is an example of a politicized prosecution, in addition to a political prosecution. Right here, Vivek Ramaswamy stressed, uh, stressed that while it would make his own presidential run easier should Donald Trump be forced out of the election, he will speak out against any injustices against the former president, uh as it is, first, about principles, not politics. Now, I will say, I'm in the majority, I think, of people here who seem to think Vivek Ramaswamy is actually running to be vice president. Now, I know know Vic here has said, uh, 
listen, I'm not a number two guy. I'm number one. I'm ready to be president, blah, blah, blah. Well, of course, he's a rising stock. He has to, you know, keep himself inflated. He has to keep eyes on him. If he can win, I'm sure he wants to. But I'm sure in the back of his mind, he's aiming for a vice president's spot. But you can't just say, I plan to be number two, inevitably. No, it just doesn't impact. It strips you of any power, any bite you may have. So you just come out and say, no, I'm not running to be a second. I'm running to be number one guy. And I look, what's happening to Trump is tragic. And I want to debate him and beat his ass on a debate stage. Again, Vivek and RFK Jr. are the only two people going about on that stage who can make Trump squirm with pandemic-related issues. Because everyone else running is a politician or was endorsing vaccine mandates, endorsed lockdowns, was pro-lockdowns, only celebrated Trump when he did this stupid shit with the lockdowns, loved Fauci. Like, there's too many, everyone else running other than Vivek and RFK have dirty hands with COVID. These are the two people who can make Trump really fucking squirm and panic and sweat. They're like, so why'd you do that? Hmm? Why'd you lock it down like that? Hmm? Why'd you, you know, RFK Jr. can bring up all this evidence he has for the vaccines. I got a copy of his book right here. I talked about this before when I was with the convoy. I didn't do this, but a group I was with drove into D.C. and went around Anthony Fauci's neighborhood and put copies of the real Anthony Fauci on the doorsteps of his neighbors. That shit's funny as hell. Now let's continue on, shall we? Ramaswamy stressed that while he's president, blah, 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 principles, not politics. He also has pledged to pardon former President Trump <laughs> from a previous DOJ indictment should he end up assuming office. I like how that's where should he end up. Again, there's something wrong with him. If Vic is is the nominee, I will happily vote for that. Uh, the I under Trump. And Vivek, I'm fine. These are two great nominees. I'm completely content with both of them. Uh, honestly, I have less grievances with Vivek Ramaswamy, to be completely honest. But I want the revenge tour. I've been saying this since 2020. I know Tim Pool in the last like nine months has started saying it more. You can check my track record. I've been saying that way longer. I was like, look, as soon as he's out of office, dog, they're gonna harass and hound this guy. They don't whack him mafioso style. He's gonna come back with a vengeance and start breaking shit. And I want that. At bare minimum, I vote for a guy who just has a lot of talk and does fucking nothing, and my vote was wasted. Oh, well. But, hypothetically speaking, you send him in there and he's fucked with, and he goes bashing shit, it's going to be fucking phenomenal. And I've been saying this pretty consistently since 2020. So, my track record speaks for itself. A lot of people were like, oh, well, there will be no revenge storm. I'm like, mm, I don't know, man. Let's see how hard they fuck with him. And I didn't know they were going to fuck with him this hard. Honestly, Goodfellas, Joe Pesci treatment probably would have been a lot quicker. But they've done, made him a martyr, and now he's raising all these polls and funds and, and beating everybody's ass in these uh, stats. Alright, man, they took a weird approach to trying to take him out. Remember when they said, not historically significant, and now they've made Trump the most like historically significant president in a very long time? Oy vey. Anyway, let's continue on. He also said that it is, quote, incorrect and inaccurate to place blame for what happened on January 6th at the feet of Donald Trump, as he did not commit a crime and specifically told protesters that day to behave peacefully. Ramaswamy argued that the real reason the riot took place at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, 2021, was systemic persuasive censorship throughout America. These are just quotes. We can get 
into them here in a second. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who is also the running, also in the running, posted a brief statement to Twitter, neglecting to defend former President Trump or even mention him by name. Yeah, I remember when the first statement came out, and Ron DeSantis says, "I don't know what goes into paying a prostitute hush money." And here's the thing: two things about DeSantis. One, he can shove that well as a veteran thing right up his fucking ass. Nothing makes me lose and retract my thank you for your service quicker than when I'm talking to someone they say, well, I think your Second Amendment should be curtailed because I went to war. Especially when it's like, listen, man, I actively know I have people who fought in Iraq listening to this show, and I love you guys. I appreciate you. You didn't know what you were getting in for when you went in and fought. You, Your home was under attack. Your loved ones were under attack. That's what you knew to be true. That's what the president and the establishment wanted you to believe. Hey, it's no dirt off your back, man. I honest, honest to God, I love you and I respect you for going to fighting. But when I meet an Iraqi war veteran or anyone who's fought under George Bush or Barack Obama, basically, and their argument is, well, as a veteran, I don't think all firearms are covered in the Second Amendment. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself and fuck you for your service attitude. Sorry, I know. Some people say, oh, you're what a piece of shit. Sorry, no. Yeah, I'm not a veteran of any kind. I know veterans who share this exact sentiment, though. But, yeah, don't don't come around using any level of your service to justify the curvature of any amendments or rights or anything in any level of doctrine in this country. Your service and your experience does not outweigh the philosophical and realistic arguments behind policies. And Ron DeSantis does not fucking get that. Ron DeSantis will go, oh, look, I was a veteran. And he wasn't. Yeah, I get it. He served. He was a fucking attorney. He was a JAG lawyer. That motherfucker was the type of guy yelling at being told he can't handle the truth, basically. That's what the fuck uh, Ron DeSantis was doing. So, like, fuck all of that. Sorry, I got pulled away for a second, so train of thought completely derail. But TLDR, don't use your any of your fucking veteran status or whatever to be like, oh, well, you know, I don't think. Because, you know, oh, because you're a service doesn't mean you have stats, doesn't mean you have valid arguments. Oh, wow, guns kill people. You mean you were, in a, you were a combat troop and you killed people with a gun, so now your whole aspect is this is a weapon of war, not a tool? Wow. What a tool-like way to think, grunt. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I love the troops. So don't use that. Don't use that fucking title of veteran or active duty as a justification to suppress my fucking rights, dog. Because I'll treat you like a random schmuck off the fucking street real quick. Anyway, let's move on, right? Now that I've... <laughs> you know, people who voted for me listen to the show, so I just wonder how that's going to impact people. Then again, the people who voted for me... I've gotten the general sense that they knew what they were getting when they voted for me, roughly. So they seem happy, right? Let's continue on. Posted a brief statement to Twitter. Yeah, and when, you know, Ron DeSantis was like, I don't know what goes into painting it. Ron DeSantis, I'm sure he's aware of the case. As a former attorney, I'm sure he had to look into the case in real and have read. We pulled up here dozens of times. Stormy Daniels even admitted that she never slept with Donald Trump. She worked with her, she were two attorneys, and she worked a grievance lawsuit that took two years to write up. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty self-evident that it's all bullshit. I'll leave a link to this article in the description below if you want to know more about it. But there's multiple times in interviews where she just went, 
Yeah, it's all made up. I never actually slept with him. I just wanted to get a paycheck. And you see her attorneys just go, oh, no. Oh, no, that wasn't supposed to happen. Oof. But, yeah. So if some schmuck like me can figure that out, I know goddamn well Ron Sanders could figure it out. So I knew that, but I'm like, okay, yeah, he's going to lie to his constituents and run for gov- run for president, even though he promised his constituents that he wouldn't run for president. Got it. The Florida snake. And turned out, by the way, I was just talking to my mom about this. You know, she's a significantly older woman. She's a, she's a baby boomer. She's been through some elections. And I asked, have you ever seen a campaign fall apart so quickly? Like somebody who so many people were looking at thought, this is the guy. This person has it in the bag. And then just through a series of brain-dead blunders completely fucked themselves over. And she went twice. (laughs) She's like, there's Mondale. And the guy who went, (sighs) guy who screamed his fucking head off. And I was like, really? She goes, yeah. They both had huge money behind them. Huge ticket, huge polls. Everyone thought they had in the bag. And then they threw it away at the last second. And she talked about the guy who ran against George Bush Sr. and also lost it too. I'm like, wow, okay. So I guess Ron DeSantis is not a groundbreaking presidential implosion. I guess he's just a one in a one in a dozen. But let's continue on. As president, I will end the weaponization of the government and replace the FBI director and ensure a single standard of justice for all Americans. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know how to read Ron DeSantis like he's not a whimpering little bitch. Let's go. I have not read the indictment. I do. Then why are you commenting on it? Well, I have seen reports. I have not read the indictment. I do, though, believe we need to enact reforms so that Americans have the right to remove cases from Washington, D.C. to their home districts. Washington, D.C. is a swamp, and it is unfair to have to have to stand trial before a jury that is reflective of the swamp's mentality. One of the reasons our country is in decline is the politicalization of the rule of law. No more excuses. I will end the weaponization of the federal government. Ahim. From Rahim Qasim. Wait, you're a lawyer running for president and you couldn't take a minute to read the docs despite wanting to grift off this? And DC is a sw- is such a swamp. You held fundraisers there last month in the law offices of Dominion Voting Systems Lawyers. You're fucking gross, dude. Oh. I have to give that a follow. That was golden. Alright, let's get back here. Because we're almost done. So now we're going to pop over here to the Vix video, and we're going to watch a Vix video and wrap this episode up. Moment in our country's history. Rewind. It's another... The 45th president of the United States, Donald Trump, has yet again been indicted by the Biden DOJ, a political party in power that is now repeatedly using police force to indict and arrest and potentially eliminate its political opponents from competition. This is a politicized prosecution. It is a political persecution through prosecution 
now in a third indictment just in a matter of months against the person who is still at present the lead contender in the Republican primary for U.S. president. I want to be very clear. I am running for U.S. president in that same Republican primary. It would be easier for me if Donald Trump were eliminated from competition. That's not how I want to win. This is not about politics to me. This is about first principles. We do not want to become a country where the party in power is able to use banana republic-like tactics to eliminate its political opponents. Yet I'm sad to say that's exactly where we are. The allegations in this indictment fall flat. It is wrong and incorrect and inaccurate to place blame for what happened on January 6th at the feet of Donald Trump. I said this at the time. I've said it ever since then. I continue to say it today. I would not have made the same judgments that Donald Trump did in how he handled that day. But that's different from saying that he committed a crime. He did not. He specifically told the protesters that day to behave peacefully. The First Amendment in this country gives political protesters the ability to express themselves and their opinions freely. Donald Trump was not responsible for what happened on January 6th. You want to know what was responsible? I said this in the days after January 6th, 2021, just as I say it today. Systematic, pervasive censorship in this country. That was after a year where we had told people across this nation that you had to stay locked down in your house, in your basement, and shut up, sit down, do as you're told. If you question that, you're racist, you're anti-science, your social media accounts were silenced. You had to stay home and lock down unless you were part of BLM or Antifa, in which case it was perfectly fine to roam the streets of this country and burn many of them down. That was the double standard that then applied and said that if you said the virus originated in a lab in Wuhan, you were again a racist and had your internet accounts shut down. You were then told you had an election where you could express yourself to put the right person in charge of fixing these problems. And instead, your accounts were suppressed if you sent a mere message saying that the Hunter Biden laptop story from the New York Post was real. You had your accounts locked. Even the New York Post had its own account locked. And if you repeatedly then tell people they cannot speak, that is when they scream. If you repeatedly tell people they cannot scream, that is when they tear things down. And I think we are making a grave mistake in this country by trying to pin the blame for that at the feet of one man. If we refuse to learn our mistakes from, from our mistakes in the past, we are doomed to suffer an even worse fate in the future. I worry that will create a country where January 6, 2021 was a friendly parlay compared to what's actually to come. I'm running for president to make sure we don't march towards some kind of national divorce. But the first and most important step that we as candidates can take in this race is to speak and speak forcefully on the side of principle to say that even if we're competing against Donald Trump, as I am, I do not want to see him eliminated from competition using these politicized tactics. It is wrong for our country. It is wrong for our future. I call on my fellow candidates to condemn it. And I call on President Biden to do the right thing and drop these politicized charges. That's going to be a first step towards uniting our country.
base. Honestly, any complaints? What do you guys thought? It's another sad... So what do you guys think? Hmm? What do you guys make of the indictments? What do you guys make of uh, Vikramaswamy? And who's your first and who's your backup candidate? I'm just curious if you guys plan on voting, who you plan on voting for, like, first ticket? Did that person make it? Who's your backup candidate? If you have one. That being said, I've been your James Madison. This has been Inside Four Walls, and I shall talk to you guys later. I'm Rumble. And I'm YouTube. YouTube, why are you dressed like that? Well, I've been seeing a lot of violations in the community lately, so I'm enforcing that. You mean like people not following your policies? Strike one! Uh, what if someone tells the truth, but it's labeled as misinformation? Strike two! Wow, what if I want to ask questions and have different opinions on things? Strike three! You're out of here! Now what? You may appeal to me in 30 days. Thankfully, we encourage diverse opinions and new ideas. Strike four! Dude, what? There's no such thing as four strikes. And I'm not even on your platform. Strike five! All right, I'm out. You're crazy. Later, dude. Strike six! <laughs> <laughs>